Let's take our Bibles out this morning and turn to Isaiah chapter number 59. Isaiah chapter number 59. Do you want to welcome if you're visiting with us here this morning? Uh, Brother Nate mentioned to you, we have a missionary family here, the NAV family. Where are you folks at? Wave at me. There they are down front. Glad to have you folks with us today. And we'll be hearing from them tonight in our service. Isaiah chapter number 59. Pick up in verse 1. If you don't mind, remain seated this morning. We're going to read several verses, and I want you to pay close attention to what we're looking at in Isaiah 59. And uh, we're going to go through this as quick as possible. I told the folks on Couples Retreat, I preached a little bit shorter then and there, and I told them not to get used to that when we get back home. We're going to get back to normal, but I will try to get you out as soon as possible. Isaiah 59, verse 1. The Bible says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. What a wonderful truth that is. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue have muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. Let's skip on down for the sake of time. Verse 7 continues on uh, with, uh, with what they're doing. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. There is judgment far, therefore is judgment far from us. Neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity for brightness, but we walk in darkness. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? We grope for the wall like, a, like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. Verse 11 and 12 talks about how they mourn. And verse 13 talks about their transgression. But I want you to see verse 14 for the sake of time. The Bible says, And judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. For truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you this morning for the message that you've sent. And Father, I have no doubt in my heart this is what you'd have us to preach on today. But Lord, I can't do this without your grace. So I pray for that today as we preach. Lord, I pray you'd help us to see ourselves in this passage. And Lord, help us to apply your word to our hearts in the day that we're living in today and make the changes we need to today during the invitation time. I pray there's one loss, you'll show them that today. And Lord, they'll accept that, Lord, and come to know you as Savior. For the saved today, Father, I pray that, Lord, we would draw closer to you through the truths that we are going to preach about today, that your will would be done, and I'm going to thank you for it, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've ever read through the book of Isaiah, you'll find out that it's a very interesting book, and it's often referred to much like a little Bible. Uh, there are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah, just as much there is 66 books in the Word of God. 39 kind of in the Old Testament kind of refer a lot to the judgment and sin of man and the 27 refer to the Savior and our redemption. Now, we're reading something that happened to real people that lived just like you and I and experienced just like the things we are going through in society today. We're preaching on that on Wednesday nights, going through Lamentations and applying the truths of those people's experiences to ours. Now, it's the will of God that when we read through the Word of God, we see ourselves. 
That's why God preserved these accounts for us of other people's lives and other people's mistakes, that we might read them and apply them to our own lives. Now, I understand this morning, it's easy to read the Word of God and think about other people, isn't it? That's why we as spouses, oftentimes we elbow our spouse when we read something because we're thinking about how that applies to them, i.e. husbands and wives and vice versa. But when we read the Word of God, it's the will of our Father that we see ourselves and see ourselves in the lives and experiences of the others that are going through these things that we might make the needed changes in our life. I read a story about a retail chain that uh, wanted to remedy the rudeness of customers that came to their uh, customer service representatives in the store. You know, sometimes people can be so rude and so uh, inappropriate when they're talking about disagreements they have, and uh, they got tired of their customer service reps being picked on uh, and berated, and what they did was they took a mirror and put a mirror behind the customer service rep. And so as the people would come up to complain and gripe and throw a fit about whatever it is they didn't like, they were able to see themselves and what they looked like and how they were acting. And lo and behold, the complaints got less and the rudeness got less. Why? Because people were able to see themselves and see how foolish they were acting. Now, I know that is never any of you, right? Christians don't do that. We don't get mad and, and go up and throw a fit because there were onions on our burger or, or because there's something wrong with the clothes that we bought. We never do anything like that. I'm guessing it's for the lost world. But you see yourself how you are and you see how ugly you're acting and how ugly your behavior is. And lo and behold, you start making changes. Now, that's how God views the word of God in our life. He wants us to get into the Word of God, see ourselves, and make the changes that need to be made in our life. Now, Isaiah 59 is a poignant uh, mirror for all of us this morning. As we look into Isaiah 59, we can really see ourselves, particularly in the day and age that we're living in. Let's quickly run down through these verses and see some similarities. Verse number 1. The Bible begins with a hope that he gives us, a reminder of his power. Now, I don't know about you, but I need this reminder regularly. I need to be reminded that, listen, no matter how bad things get, that God's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. What a reassurance. There have been times I feel like I was so far from God and couldn't be saved uh, out of the sin that I was in or so far away from God, backslidden that there's no way his grace could reach me. But what a reassurance we have in the day and age we're living in that God's hand is not shortened. Verse 2, look what it says. It shows us why we are living a limited Christian life separated from God. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God. What hinders us from our closer walk with God is our sin. Look down to verse 3 through verse number 7. It shows specifically some of the sin. It's perversion, vanity, the shedding of innocent blood. Amazing how that always comes up. Oh, you'll get into a mess when you start shedding innocent blood. Verses 8 through verse number 11, we look down and we see there's no peace, no judgment. It's very dark and people are mourning. Sounds a lot like 2021, doesn't it? There's no peace, there's no judgment. We're living in very dark times and people are mourning. But then we see verse 12 and 13 where the people begin to recognize their sin. If you look down, the Bible says at the end of verse number 12, and as for our iniquities, we know them. We know them. You know, sometimes God has to allow our world to deteriorate and for things to fall apart and for things to get dark and dreary and come to this place of mourning before finally we look at our iniquities and say, we know them. We know them. We're in this dark situation that we're in and there's no peace and we mourn and it's because our iniquities. Now, down to verse number 14, we're going to get to the root of what went wrong. 
Look at the Bible says, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off. Now here it comes. For truth is fallen in the street. Truth is fallen in the street. Now notice something. Judgment's turned away. Justice standeth afar off. Equity cannot enter. Why? The Bible says, for truth is fallen in the street. That word for is a conjunction that is showing us the cause. The reason that judgment is turned away and justice standeth afar off and equity cannot enter is the fact that truth is fallen in the street. Truth has been abandoned. It says the reason we're in the mess that we're in, the root cause of the trouble that we're experiencing is the fact that we have turned our back and abandoned truth. Can I tell you this morning, that's the problem we're in today. We look around at America and we wonder why things are going wrong. Is it the economy? Is it our politics? Is it the family? What's going wrong with America? Simply put, America has turned its back on the truth of God's word. And when truth is fallen in the street, watch what happens. Judgment is turned away. Justice standeth afar off. And equity cannot enter. You see, truth is what brought balance to everything. And when you take away truth... And truth is no longer upheld. Notice the words the Bible uses. Truth is fallen in the street. You see, truth has to be upheld. The only way truth is going to remain is somebody's going to have enough spiritual courage to hold it up. But we've abandoned truth, and now everything has fallen out of balance. Several years ago, my wife and I were going down the road, and all of a sudden, the ride got really bumped. I thought it was a flat tire. I had a lot of experience with flat tires, and so I got out and looked, and none of the tires were flat. I said, well, maybe we just hit a rough spot in the road. So I got back in the car, started driving. It got up to about 30 miles an hour. Man, it was rough. Turned to my wife says, what did you do to the car? You got to have somebody to blame, right? I learned that from my great-great-grandfather, Adam. Got out of the car and looked. Could not find a flat tire. Finally turned into a tire shop and drove in. He says, look, here's what happened. He says, you know, tires don't always stay balanced on their own. And so they clip these small pieces of lead, as you may have seen, on the outside of your tire. And that lead balances everything out. And he clamped on that lead, got back in the car, and everything went smoothly. Why? Because it was back in balance. And the reason the ride had gotten rough was the one thing that kept everything in balance had been slung off going down the road. You see where we're going with this? Now watch. That's what truth does. Truth is what brings balance to our world. It's truth that brings judgment, justice, and equity. But when truth is fallen and truth is gone, everything gets out of balance. And guess what happens? The ride gets rough. Wonder why the ride is so rough in America. Why is the ride so rough in your home? Why is the ride so rough with our children? Why is the ride so rough oftentimes in our hearts and our families? It's because oftentimes we have abandoned truth. And the only way we're going to get things back to where they need to be is to restore truth. Because when you take away truth, bad things begin to happen. And this morning we're going to look at that subject of when you take away truth. And I'm going to show you three things in verse number 14 that happen when you take away truth. And there are three things that occur when you abandon that in your life, in this church, and even in our nation. Now, look what the Bible says in verse 14. The Bible says, And judgment is turned away backward. Judgment has turned its back on the people of God because they have abandoned truth. Now, I want you to notice the first thing this morning. When you take away truth, judgment is now far. All right? Judgment has turned its back on God's people. Now, in order for you to understand this, we need to understand exactly what judgment is. I think some of us have probably watched television before and you've watched court cases. 
I know none of you good people in here this morning have ever gone to court for anything because you've never gotten into trouble for anything. But when there's a dispute or a disagreement that cannot be resolved or there's a problem, you go to court and you're seeking a judgment to bring a solution to the confusion that it's had. When a situation just gets out of hand and you can't find an answer, you go to a judge to intervene to settle the the matter. So simply put, watch this, judgment is what brings conclusion to confusion. All right? Judgment is what brings conclusion to confusion. Now, notice God's people, they're sitting in a rough situation. Sin has opened the door to calamity, grief, and heartache. And now right is wrong and wrong is right. Now, what do they want? What do they want? They want judgment. They want God to step in and intervene. They says, God, we're living in this mess. I mean, right is wrong and wrong is right. Innocent blood is being, is being taken. We're sitting in a situation where our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Verse number 12, our sins testify against us. And they say, God, we want you to step in. They need God to step in and sort everything out. But wait a minute. Notice, in order to have judgment, you have to have truth. You cannot have judgment without truth. In order for God to step in and settle the dispute of the confusion and darkness they're living in, God's going to do it with truth. And there's no way that they're going to have judgment in their city and in their lives and in their homes without truth. Now, folks, what are we craving here in 2021? What are we craving? God, sort all this out. God, we're living in a mess. God, things are, are plummeting downhill. We're living in darkness and a state of confusion. God, can you settle this out? God, could you bring judgment? God says, yes, I can. Aren't you glad, by the way, God can settle it out? Oh, I have tangled up the wad of yarn many times in my life. Thank God his hand was not shortened, that it could not save. And God came in and God settled it all out. But wait a minute, how did God settle it out? With truth. There's no judgment without truth. And here's the problem. The reason our homes are in a mess, our country's in a mess, our hearts are in a mess. Watch this. It's because we, re- we refuse to allow God to bring his truth into our lives. And as long as you run from truth, you'll have no judgment. Notice what he says. The Bible says in verse 14, judgment is turned away backward. I read a story a while back about Will Rogers. A young lady came to him. A young lady says, Mr. Rogers, I need some advice. I need some counsel. You're a wise man and I need you to help me with something. She said, he says, what is it? She says, I'm afraid I have a pride problem. He says, okay, I can help you with that. Why do you think you have a pride problem? She says, well, every time I look in the mirror, all I see is beauty, 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 beauty. And I'm afraid that every time I look in the mirror and I see beauty, it's just going to make me prideful, prideful, prideful. Can you help me with my pride? And Will Rogers turned to her and looked at her. He says, honey, that's not pride. That's just bad judgment. (laughs) What's this. She refused to see the truth. Therefore, there was no judgment in her life. All right. She refused it and denied it. And therefore, her judgment was skewed. You see, when you deny truth and you avoid truth, and you run from truth, and you abandon truth, watch what happens. You have no judgment. The reason things are so out of skew in America, where we're murdering babies in their mother's womb, and we're calling wrong right and right wrong, and we're redefining everything that only God had the right to define. The reason things are so out of whack and confused is because we've denied truth and therefore invited confusion. There's going to be no judgment that settles everything out. Judgment is turned away backward as long as we deny truth. 
I think about how many folks I talk to on a daily, weekly basis, monthly basis, yearly basis, and oftentimes, just as I do, we find our lives are riddled with confusion, troubles, and trials. So watch this. I'm not a smart man. The only answers I can come up with usually come out of the pages of this book. I don't need to be giving people advice about their home based on my opinion. Why? Because my wife will tell you every once in a while, two or three times a year, I can be wrong. I know you're not going to believe that, but I can't lie to you behind the pulpit. Yes, I'm wrong every once in a while. I have to go to this book. I say, all right, there's confusion. Things are out of order. Things are not right. You're mourning. You just got all this trouble in your home. I'll go to this book, see what the book has to say, and I'll tell them, hey, this is what the Bible says you need to do. You're not loving your wife as Christ loved the church. You know what that is? That's truth. That's truth. I said, wait a minute, you're not submitting to your husband. He said, well, I just don't like that. Oh, my goodness. I think Brother Heath preached on submission at the couples retreat. Brave man. I was so glad he did that so I didn't have to. I scratched it off my outline. As soon as you covered it, I was like, it doesn't have to be covered again. And I'll tell him the truth, and I'll tell them the truth. Watch this, not my truth, the truth. And all of a sudden, they'll say, well, we're not going to do that. Then they just sentenced themselves to more confusion. More troubles, more trials, and more darkness. Why? Because judgment is turned away every time you neglect the truth. We went to Ruby Falls while we were there. And man, that was just an amazing place. You go down 400 feet in an elevator and go all the way to the center of this mountain. Beautiful waterfall right there in the middle of Lookout Mountain. And my wife and I went down there and just had a good time uh, looking at the beautiful creation that God had made. And had a nice young lady that was our tour guide while we were there. And she was very sweet. Unfortunately, she liked to burp a lot out loud, which was really weird, but um, she was very nice all the same. I noticed as we're walking down, she would turn around, she'd talk to us. She had a lanyard around her neck, and on her lanyard, she had a button on her lanyard. I'll show you a picture of it. Uh, It's a button that said, they and them. And I'm thinking, well, she must be like an English major and just, you know, like pronouns or something, whatever those are, adverbs, adjectives, not sure. But Michael, what is that? Pronouns. Okay, I had it right the first time. And I'm thinking, well, she just must like English. And my wife says, you realize what that's about? It took a minute to get my gears going. Look, I was 400 feet underground, and, you know, I don't have good uh, connectivity when you're that far underground. So it took me a while to get my gears going. I said, oh, oh. You see, we've come to a place in America where we don't want to define people by their God-given pronouns, he and she. Therefore, we call people they and them. It was very obvious the young lady uh, had no desire to be what God had made her and was trying really hard to be a young man. It was just very obvious by, uh, by her appearance. As I looked at, at, the, at the button, the young lady just had a great conversation with her. She was very sweet, and I, and I appreciate her being so kind to us. But I thought, how sad. How sad that we've gotten to a place that our judgment is so skewed that we can't even recognize anymore whether it's a boy or it's a girl. Now, look, I'm not being mean to you this morning. I want you to hear this. Do you know how we get to this place? Do you know how you get to the place to where, you know, look, they used to make those balloons, it's a boy, it's a girl. You know, those people are going out of business now because it's a they or it's a them. They're having to retool their whole factory. Now, hear me out. Look, I'm not being me. I'm telling you the truth this morning. The way that we've got to this place where we have no judgment, judgment has turned its back on us. It's backward. It's because we've denied the truth. The truth is there's one gender. God created man. God created woman. That's just the simple truth of the word of God. But yet when we reject that, we are left to a skewed judgment of they's and them's. Now, folks, you may not be there, but I assure you each and every one of us have areas of the truth of God's word that we don't like. 
and we reject that truth, understand this. The more you reject the truth of what thus saith the Lord, the more you're inviting confusion and darkness into your life and into your home. Judgment turns its back. I think about why Satan works so hard in my life to keep me from reading my Bible. I mean, good night. Why is it not hard to read the magazines? Why is it not hard to read the the, the fictional tales? Why is that not hard? But why is it hard to read this book? Because this book contains truth, and it is truth. The devil can't have you having truth. Why? Because truth is what, what fights off confusion. The devil, listen, God says, I'm not the author of confusion. You know what that means? The devil's the author of confusion. And the only way your confusion is going to be made less confusing, confusing is through the truth of God's word. That's why he tries to keep you from church. He don't want you to hear the truth. By the way, you can find plenty of churches today that would be glad to accommodate you not telling you the truth. That's why you run from the preacher. Oftentimes we don't want to hear the truth. Sometimes I run from myself. Why? I don't want to hear the truth. But truth's the only thing that's going to uh, settle out the confusion and the darkness and the grief in our life. But when you do away with truth and when you take away truth, what happens? Judgment is far. Second Timothy 4 describes the days we're living in. Verse 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust. Lust is what I want. Shall they heat to themselves teachers having itchy ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned into fables. Do you know what a fable is? It's a fiction or a falsehood. It's like the jackalope. Man, was I disappointed to realize they're not real. All my life, I had seen them in pawn shops and uh, in bass pro shops, you know. I just knew jackalopes were real, and I kept looking up wanting to go on a hunt to get a jackalope for my office wall. Come to find out they're fables. They're fairy tales. I was believing in something that was not true. Now, the Bible says there's a whole lot of people in the world we're living in today who believe in fairy tales and falsehoods. Like what? Like there's other genders than the two that God made. All right, that's just true, all right? But here's what happens. When you turn your ear from the truth, what does the Bible say happens? The only thing left is fables and falsehoods. How could people honestly believe that murdering a child in its mother's womb is right? This sweet, and there's nothing more innocent than a baby. Now, they grow out of that, don't they? Real quick. But man, it comes out, it's just sweet, and it's so innocent, and it's so kind, and it's just sitting there cooing, and it's just beautiful. How could you murder that? And it's mother's womb. How on earth could you think that's okay and that's right? God still calls it murder. That's truth. Watch. You turn from the truth, you believe a falsehood. You believe a fable. And that's what the Bible says the times we're living in, 2 Timothy 4, 4. They've turned their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Can I ask you, when you go to the doctor, what do you ask the doctor to tell you? You pay him a whole lot of money to lie to you. Tell me I'm not overweight. Tell me my hair is growing back. And tell me I'm beautiful. No, look, I can stand in front of the mirror and tell myself that. All right, I can lie to myself. I pay a doctor a whole lot of money to tell me the truth. I don't go in there and say this to the doctor. You know what? Look, doc, there's been something going on in here. I just got this pain in here. Tell me anything you want to tell me as long as it's not cancer. All right? You can tell me whatever you want to tell me as long as it's not cancer, as long as I don't have to have an operation. No, we go to the doctor and we say, give it to me straight. I want to, what do we do? We go to a mechanic. We have this noise in our car. You haven't changed your oil lately. You know, there's a reason they're called dummy lights. 
That's not Aladdin's lamp. Some of you just learned something. I can tell. Some of you just woke up. You got this, I don't know why it's Aladdin's lamp in my car. I guess the guy who built the car was a fan of Aladdin. There's this Aladdin's lamp. No, that's, that's your oil. And you hear this ding, 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 ding in your car. And you pull up into the mechanic. You say, hey, something's going wrong in here. But just please don't tell me I'm about to throw a rod. No, you're like, tell me what's wrong. Why? You want to know the truth. And you pay him also dearly to tell you the truth. Why? Because you want to make some changes. You see, you're wanting somebody to intervene. That's what the truth is. That's what judgment is. Judgment is when truth intervenes. You go to a court. You're sitting there in court. And man, you got this side arguing and this side. Rah, 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 and you're asking a judge to give you a judgment. Hey, step in and figure this thing out. And oh, can I tell you something today? God is the ultimate judge. He can step into your confusion. He can step into your darkness. And you're thinking, there's no way this ball of wax is going to be able to unwind all of this. Oh, no, listen. God's hand is not short and that it cannot save. He can step into your confusion and he can settle it out. But wait a minute. Not without truth. You can't tell God, God, help me fix my mess that I'm in. But don't bring truth with you. doesn't happen. You know, in the Old West, they used to have you check your guns at the door. You know, we do that out front. Everybody check your guns. No, we really don't. I don't want to know who's got them and who don't, Okay. Oh, Wes, you checked your guns before you came to the door. God's not going to check his truth when he comes to fix your problems. As a matter of fact, he's coming to fix your problem with his truth. Because the truth does what? It makes you free. Some of you wish you were free, the confusion and the darkness and the grief of your life. And God could bring that. God could intervene. God could bring judgment. But he's not coming without his truth. He's not checking that at the door. 1 John 1, 9. I love what the scripture tells us. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now watch this. The Bible says he will forgive us and cleanse us. That's what God does. God steps in the middle of your sin and he brings forgiveness. God steps into that, that dirty, miry heart that we have because of sin and he'll clean it. That's what God does when he intervenes. But wait a minute. What is God waiting on us to do before he intervenes? If we confess. Do you know what confessing is? Admitting the truth. Admitting the truth. God says, I can step into your mess of your life and in your home and your heart and the mess of this country. God says, I can bring forgiveness and I can cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But I'm waiting for you to admit the truth. That's what confession is. You confess. I admit. I accept the truth. The Bible says here, judgment is far God's not going to step in and intervene. Why? Because truth has fallen in the streets. Can I ask you this morning, do you have confusion in your life? You know where confusion comes from? Confusion fills the void in our life where truth used to be. You kick out truth, guess what's coming in? Confusion. But do you want to evict confusion in your life? Darkness, difficulty, calamity, heartache. You want to evict all of that? Bring truth back in. But right now, notice what's happening when we... Kick out truth. The Bible says here in verse 14, judgment is turned away. Let's keep reading quickly. The Bible goes on to say that justice standeth afar off. So not only is judgment far, notice number two, when you take away truth, justice will fail. Judgment is far, and now we see the Bible says that justice standeth afar off. Now what is justice? A really interesting study you can do when you get home, not while you're in church. You'll find out that justice and judgment are sidekicks all throughout the Word of God. 
You get into the word of God, you start studying out justice, you start studying out judgment, you'll find that they are companions 41 times in scripture. You'll find judgment, and then you find justice. You look it up, you'll find that the word justice is mentioned 141 times in scripture. 125 of those times, here's what it means, righteousness or right. Justice is when things are made right. Justice is what happens after judgment comes. When God intervenes with his judgment, the outcome or the operation that takes place is the end result of justice. Judgment is when, when, when truth intervenes in our life and justice is the outcome of what takes place. Now, what are these people wanting in verse 14? They're wanting justice. They need justice. What do they need? Remember, what does it mean 121 times in Scripture? It means right. They says, God, we need things made right. God, there's something wrong in our, in our nation. There's something wrong in our, our land. There's something wrong with our homes. God, can you just make it right? Can I tell you something? God can make it right. God can bring true justice. But wait a minute. Judge, justice only comes through truth. You've got to have truth. Now, wait a minute. What does it say? Verse 14. Justice standeth afar off. Why? For truth is fallen in the street. You see, there's no justice without truth. There's no justice without truth. Truth is like the measuring stick that determines what is right. And God's truth is the only truth you can trust. Why? Because the Bible says, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. And when you kick out truth, you'll never have justice. Listen, we are dying for justice in America. We're, listen, we're praying for justice. We're asking for justice. We're marching for justice. But there is no justice without truth. And God's word is the only truth that's out there. Here's the problem. We have our truth. My truth. Those are worthless. I saw a sticker at the top of the castle at Ruby Falls. I'll show you a picture of it. There's a picture up there on the very top of the hill on the handrail. It says, creating my reality. I don't know who put that there, but I'd like to meet them. I kind of feel like they've got pointy Spock ears and everything going on with them. Creating their own reality. And yet, can I tell you, that sticker right there represents so many Americans and Christians included. We create our own truth. This is what I believe. This is what I like. I have stood in my office, I don't know how many times, took the word of God, says, here's what the word of God says. And here's what they say. I know it says that, but, but nothing. His word is truth. I don't have my truth and your truth and their truth and how I feel about truth. The Bible says justice standeth afar off. Why? Because truth is fallen in the streets. Judges 17, the Bible says in those days there was no king in Israel. But every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You know what it is? He lived by his own truth. There is no such thing. There's not my truth and your truth and our truth. Proverbs 12, 5, the Bible says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. You know what counsel is? It is truth. It is truth. If we really want justice in America, you know what justice is? Look it up in the Word of God. This ought to be your dictionary for how you live and how you think. Look up justice in here. You look up justice in the Word of God, 121 times it means righteousness. Righteousness. There's no way things are going to be made right in America. There's no way things will be right in your home. There's no way things will be right in this church without the truth of God's word. There is no justice outside of God's truth. Now, you can call it all you want, but it doesn't make it true unless it's God's truth. Remember this this morning. I'm going to hurry and give you the last thing. Truth is not subjective to the opinions of man. 
Truth is not subjective to the opinions of man, and you better be careful of any truth that has a label in front of it. Truth is truth. Whether I like it or I don't like it, truth is truth. I'll get in this book sometimes, and I'll read something that I would rather just take it out. Wouldn't it be nice if they made the Bible with perforated pages? Oh, I don't like that part. Rip it out. No, but listen, thy word is truth. And if you want to be free, freedom, what does he say? The truth shall make you free. There's no freedom outside of truth. There's no justice outside of truth. There's no judgment outside of truth. Listen, so if we want God to make sense of the mess we're in, we've got to accept his truth, and that's confession before God. If we confess, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. And I want you to hear me out. What I'm about to say, I don't want you to hear it good. I don't want you to go home thinking I said something I didn't. We have taken the word justice in our culture and we've put a lot of words in front of it. We have religious justice, we have social justice, and we've branded justice in the world we're living in today. But the truth is justice is blind. We've seen the picture, justice is blind. Justice is righteousness. It's what God says is right. It's not what I think is right. I can't say, well, this is my kind of justice and your kind of justice. No, there's only one kind of justice, and that's what God calls right. And if we want to be right, we're going to measure up to what God calls right, not my own type of justice that I've given a name to. Now, folks, listen. If we want to help America, that's the type of justice we're going to go after, God's justice. What God calls right. Give you an example real quick. John 17, 17, the Bible says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. You know what sanctification is? It's separation, the profane from the clean. You want to clean things up, make it right? God's truth will bring about real justice. We're all seeking our own justice today. I, I want this justice. Listen, I, I'm going to go for, uh, for guys who don't have any basketball skills justice. I don't have any, but you know what? Uh, I think that I ought to be able to play what they play and do what they do and go where they do. So I'm going to seek out, you know what? I should be on the team just because I want to be on the team. No, just because I want to be on the team doesn't make it right. I'm just not good enough. Gosh, that was hard to say. I'm just not good enough. That's the truth. Now, folks, listen, we can't brand the truth what we want. We must accept the truth of what it is. And what it is is the very inspired and errant word of God. The Bible says here, that justice, what's happening, justice standeth afar off. There is no justice and there will be no justice as long as we deny the truth. I saw a really neat story on TV in the hotel the other day that during the NFL draft, uh, Wisconsin offensive lineman Cole Van Lannen, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, was waiting on the phone call to find out which team drafted him. All right? He's sitting there waiting. You know, he knows somebody's going to pick him up. He's waiting for the team to draft him. And also, his phone rang and it says spam. You know how your phones do you that service now, telling you probably spam, probably, you know, something not good. And he sat there and he watched it ring and it said spam. Finally, he thought, you know what? I better answer it just in case. And he answered it and it was the Green Bay Packers calling him to tell him they had drafted him to be a part of their team. Now, wait a minute, watch this. He sat there trying to decide whether or not he was going to accept the call. And he sat there thinking about it, thinking about it, says, you know what, that may not be what I'm waiting for, but he says, just in case, I'm going to answer the phone because it might be what I'm looking for. And he answered the phone, and it was what he was looking for. But he had to accept the call. Now, wait a minute, watch this. The Holy Spirit comes to us during a church service as we read the Word of God. We're going down the road listening to preaching, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit of God knocks on our heart's door. That spiritual phone is starting to ring. Watch. And guess what he has? He has truth. He has truth. Wait a minute. I don't know if I want to answer that. 
You know what? That's the way you do when I come to visit you at your house. I'm not sure if I want to answer that. I'm telling you, I'm going to hire some Girl Scouts to go around with me, let them go to the door first, and then we'll get out of the car and come run up there with my Bible. Because anybody will answer the door for a Girl Scout, right? I mean, everybody will. Now, I don't know if I want to hear that. I don't know if I want to answer that call. Can I tell you, when truth knocks at your heart's door, that's the call you've been waiting on. Because truth will make you free, but you've got to accept the truth and not ignore the truth, or else we see what happens. Justice standeth afar off. Nothing will be made right as long as truth is fallen in the street. And then finally, notice what the Bible says at the end. The Bible says equity cannot enter. Equity cannot enter. What are we looking at? We're looking at what happens when you take away truth. When you avoid truth, deny truth, you don't want to hear truth, what happens? Judgment, the Bible says, is far. God's not going to intervene. Justice standeth afar off. God can't make everything right. And then the Bible uses a word we don't use very often. Equity cannot enter. Now, what is equity? What is equity? Look it up in the Bible. All right? Equity means straight, even, and level. Straight, even, and level. What we're reading here is God is showing us what justice looks like. You want things right in your life? You want things right in your home? You want things right in this country? God says, watch this. I'll show you what real justice looks like. It looks like equity. It's level. It's straight. It's even. And it's upright. Number three. Notice when you take away truth, equity is forgotten. Equity is forgotten. Remember it this way. If judgment is the intervention of truth and justice is the operation of truth, then equity is the outcome of truth. We want things level. We want things right. We want things straight up. We want things equitable. Now, equity is what we need, but oftentimes, I'll tell you this, equity is not what we always want. We want God to fix the mess, but we don't want God to level the playing field. Because my playing field may be here, and I don't want my playing field to be down here. We don't want God to start messing with our life and leveling out parts of our life and yet we see in the world today what we're, what we're dying for. We don't realize it. We think what we're dying for and what we need and what the answer is is equality. That's the call word of the day. We have gender equality. We have religious equality. We have all of these equalities in the world today. And we think if we just had equality, that's the answer to what we're looking for. But can I tell you, that's not the answer. The answer is equity. You know what equity is? Well... Equality oftentimes gets skewed by personal desire. I want to have what they have because that's what I want. Doesn't mean I deserve it or need it, but I want that because that's what I want. Equality can get skewed. Stick with me. But when you operate based on God's truth, God's truth results in equity, not the way I want it, but the way that it should be. God's truth brings equity. And you know why things are so out of balance in the world we're living in today? It's because there's no equity. You're not going to have equity. Things are not going to be balanced and level if we as the people of God don't ask for God's truth and accept God's truth in our life again. Now, folks, I'm going to tell you, this is not an easy one to swallow. But the Bible and the biblical truths of God's word is the only way we're going to have equity in this world again. We can try to have, look, equality for this group and equality for this desire and equality for this group. No, no, listen. God's word will straighten every bit of it out. If we just accept God's truth, we will have the one thing that we desperately need, which is equity, not equality. I'll give you an example. Turn with me to John 7. I'm going to let you go home. I don't think you're getting that one, so I don't want to bore you on it. John chapter 7. I want you to look down, if you will, to verse 24. 
I want to show you the difference in equality and equity. The Bible says, judge not according to appearance. Judge not according to appearance. I think if we were all honest today, we would admit that we're guilty of that. We're guilty of bias. We're guilty of prejudice. It's happened to all of us. Listen, if you're not admitting it this morning, you're rejecting truth because we've all been biased and prejudiced. We judge according to appearance. But notice what the Bible says. But judge righteous judgment. Do you know what righteous judgment is? It's a judgment according to truth. It's not where I see what I want to see. It's not where I see what I like. It's not where I see what I prefer or what I'm prejudiced to. It's where I see what is right. Righteous judgments produce equity. Everything is made level and everything is made right. Do you know what ends so much of the division in America this morning? Righteous judgment. It will produce equity. Something equality you never can produce. Oftentimes, equality is self-serving. I'm seeking what I want. You know what? I mean, if a lady gets maternity leave, then man, as a dad, I ought to get maternity leave. How stupid is that? All right? Now, I'm granted, I'd like to have a free vacation. You know, every time my wife had a baby, we'd be having more babies, I think, because we'd get more vacation. So that don't make much sense. No. Equality is often often self-serving. I want that because that's what I want. But be careful because now we're judging according to appearance. Equity is when we judge righteously. And when you take God's word and you seek God's equity through God's truth, can I tell you what you're going to find? Everything's level. We're going to find the level we're looking for. But instead we're seeking out personal desires. The only truth that's going to set us free and in the darkness and confusion we're living in is the truth of God's word. What does the Bible say here in closing? The Bible says that truth has fallen in the street. Truth has fallen. Somebody abandoned truth. The Bible says the church is the pillar in the ground of truth. If anybody should be upholding truth, it ought to be God's people. But for some odd reason, we've abandoned truth to pursue our own lives and kingdoms and desires and prejudices in this world. And we've abandoned truth. And now we wonder why we're in the mess that we're in. Why is verse 10 coming true? We grope for the wall like a blind. Verse 11, we roar like all the bears. Why are we going through this in America? I'll tell you why. We abandon truth. Judgment is far. Justice has failed. And equity is forgotten. If we really cared about this country, do you know what we would do? We would accept the truth. Can I tell you, the biggest group of people that run from truth, it's not the laws. Most of the time, it's safe people. We don't want to hear the truth. Why? Because God's truth is going to bring judgment into our life. God's going to sort it out, and we don't want God to sort out our life. Listen, we're not going to find the answer we're looking for, light in our darkness. Uh, We're not going to find order in the midst of our confusion without God's truth. Now, Can I ask you this morning, what truth are you running from today? What truth are you running from? What has God been trying to chase you down with that he could bring that light into your darkness and order to your confusion and God could settle everything out with equity the way it's supposed to be? What are you running from this morning? Can I ask you this morning, if you died right now, are you sure you're going to heaven? Now listen, that's a truth you better face before you leave this life. Because the truth is there is a heaven and the truth is there is a hell. The truth is that you are a sinner, but there's a wonderful truth that he is the Savior. 
You better, listen, you better face that truth quickly. And you better accept that truth. Why? So you can spend eternity in heaven, listen, not only with me, but better than that, with Jesus. Don't run from that truth. God can come into the midst of your darkness and he can give light. But I wonder if you're saved here this morning and you're running from truth. You see that confusion, that darkness, that grief in your life? That's what fills the void when you kick truth out. And this morning you could kick all of that out by just receiving God's truth and confessing to God that you need to be cleansed.